Welcome back, Men in Balance. Here we're talking with Dr. John Rowe, who's a licensed family counselor. And we're talking today about men and spiritual counseling. John, I know that um, in Men in Balance, we talk a lot about spiritual development for men. And for many men, that's sort of a foreign topic. They've never really gone there and never ventured into that area. So uh, I guess maybe the starting question was, uh, since this organization that you work with is uh, founded by the church, licensed by the church, um, what does spiritual development mean in terms of the counseling you do here? Um, you know, it's a tough thing to speak to because I think people mean lots of different things by the word spiritual. Uh, some people think of spiritual as meaning uh, believing the right things, uh, adopting the dogma of the church. And I think that's probably a turnoff for men, certainly, because uh, many men want to be able to think more freely and openly, and they, they uh, bristle at the idea of some authority that they have to um, bow down to. Uh, so the kind of spirituality I try to model in my practice is one that's based more on helping men and women connect to their deeper selves, uh, to, uh, to understand how they relate to God. And I find that, uh, that many men have uh, a very poor relationship with God, or almost none, other than just doing their duty. Hmm. Meaning showing up at church and taking the kids to church or whatever. Being a good man. Yeah, being a good man. <laughs> a good husband or yeah. a, a good uh, member of the administrative board or a yeah. good employee. All right, uh, so, so, but for a man who wants to go deeper than that uh, and just does not know how, what do you say? What, what do you, what, where do you direct him to go? Yeah. Uh, there aren't many places for men to go to deepen their spirituality, I find. There are some churches that are open to uh, helping men explore this through small group experiences, I think is the, the number one way, because men have such a hard time trusting other people with themselves and uh, their deeper feelings and needs and thoughts and struggles that uh, I think most men need a small group, such as Men in Balance mm -hmm. and, and other groups that some churches sponsor. Um, in therapy, I, I, I don't try to uh, push spiritual, spirituality on men, but I, I try to, to model a form of respect uh, for wherever they are in their spiritual journey. Um, I've heard um, spiritual development described as just the ability to get outside yourself and see others and their needs. And that, is that too... Um, skinny <laughs> a, uh, <laughs> definition how would you how would you define it spirituality mm -hmm. I, I think the ability to tap into the depths of nature uh, my own perspective is that God is deeply involved in, in all of life all of nature uh, including the individual uh, but the environment um, uh, all of life uh, is infused with the spirit of God so we really can't deny our spirituality. It's just a question of whether we feed it properly or not. That's right. That's right. And so part of it in my work is to try to uh, support men as they more deeply connect with their own nature. Hmm. 
And that can be a challenge because men often assume that what you see is what you get. They're, they just are who they are. And what they have often forgotten is they do have deep spiritual, natural needs and feelings and yearnings that also are part of how God made them to be. So for a man, then, uh, becoming more spiritual doesn't mean giving up masculinity or anything like that, right? Yeah, it's more of uh, broadening their um, awareness of masculinity. A lot of men have a very limited idea of masculinity that uh, is kind of a warrior uh, type of masculinity. Just push, 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 push. And this usually breaks down around midlife, and we have the famous midlife crises, which I like to refer to as midlife corrections. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's sort of interesting to me that there are men who are quite comfortable sitting down and talking to each other about their spirituality, and then there are others who just uh, go blank when you bring up the subject. Yeah. So uh, how do we? I mean, how do we get to where men are okay with having a spiritual side and working on that and developing that and and talking about it with others? So far, Jerry, I haven't found a way to do this. <laughs> I mean, it's tough work. Right? It's, it's tough work, and either you're one of the rare men who realizes that there's something missing inside of yourself, uh, or uh, there has to be some sort of uh, crash in your life, uh, emotionally or at work, or often men uh, crash through trying to fill the void of what's missing with an addiction of some kind. And our culture is rampant um, with addictions to alcohol and pornography and prescription drugs, you name it. Uh, and these are, are usually the gateways for men to begin the transforming work that they need. I've actually heard um, drug counselors say that uh, dependency is a, what, a lack of spirituality or a, uh, deficit of spirituality. Would you go as far as to say that or not? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, the deepest kind of spirituality that any of us can experience is the way in which God works in the depths of our souls. And addiction is often uh, an effort to fill that void. Uh, if a man has never been encouraged to, to uh, listen to his own authentic stirrings, but instead has been conditioned to fit into this model of masculinity that's quite restrictive and limiting, then there's a deficit of self as well as a deficit of the experience of God. So when men are reluctant to pursue um, efforts to develop their own spirituality, are they copying out or are they just, uh, it's, it's, they just don't know where to go next? Now that's an interesting question and my, my first thought about that is I think men are set up to avoid spirituality by the way they're conditioned. Hmm. They're, they're taught that spirituality is about right behavior, good behavior, um, being obedient, and aren't really encouraged to listen to their inner stirrings. Hmm. Uh, and this sets up men to, to really not uh, know who God is in an experiential way. It sets men up to uh, want to avoid church because church is just one more place that men are encouraged to be good. Mm. Um, there's nothing wrong with being good unless it's separated from uh, the more natural uh, feelings and yearnings that, that men experience. So 
so then in some ways men would see that expression of spirituality and the emotions that maybe surround that as a weakness, right? It's not part of the model they've been taught. Absolutely. Yeah. I've got this other thought that I've wrestled with some. Uh, I'm thinking that maybe women contribute to this problem inadvertently by uh, maybe buying into the notion that men are supposed to be tough by telling their kid on the softball league, you know, to shake it off, get going, you know. So in effect, they're basically saying the same thing that we've been taught elsewhere, that, that we should just keep moving, uh, not not be moved by things. Yes, I don't think women are, because of their nature, immune from these kinds of cultural messages that we give to our children. Uh, and Stephen Covey has a wonderful story about his own a uh, young son when he was seven, how he and his wife pushed and pushed and pushed for him to learn to play baseball correctly. Mm. And they failed miserably because they were using this notion that if we just um, challenge our sons and push them and give them lots of instruction, that they will become who they need to be. And it took their failure for Stephen Covey and his wife to realize they weren't trusting God and they weren't trusting their son enough and when they backed off and allowed their son to struggle and fail but grow on his own he became so successful he got a baseball scholarship to a very good college wow so and so sometimes we inadvertently uh, make it easy for people to either fail with spirituality or bail out of it altogether yes yeah yeah um, so when a couple is uh, dealing with issues in a marriage um, what part of that is their own spiritual makeup, do you think? Is, is there a spiritual connection between the difficulties they're having or their inability to resolve those differences? There is. I don't think it's intentional. I think it's unconscious. Uh, for example, the thing I see most frequently when it comes to couples saying they're having problems communicate is that pretty soon in counseling, as I watch them communicate about a topic, I notice that their preferred style is to deal with that topic through the means of debate. Now, debate is um, a way of communicating where it's guaranteed that uh, one person is going to win and the other person is going to lose. And this is the normative way of communicating in our culture. This is the way business is handled. This is the way politics are handled. This is what we see modeled on TV programs and on the news. But it doesn't work in marriage because you can't have a friendship with somebody where one person wins and one person lose, loses. It just doesn't work. So, so we should be striving for what? Collaboration and understanding or what? Uh, the golden rule. Mm. <laughs> it worked ages and ages ago and it has to do with listening to others the way that we want to be listened to ourselves. Mm. And if we want our spouses to listen to us, the way to earn the right for that is to really listen deeply and well to them and to put ourselves in their shoes. Uh, I thought about this question. If a, if a couple comes in and um, one party is very much um, steeped in religious background and the other is not, and so one has a lot of faith, the other does not, uh, what issues does that create in terms of getting their own problems resolved? Yeah. You know, I haven't found that to be an issue because even if one person is strong in belief, one of the things that's very helpful is the whole idea of grace and acceptance. So if somebody is a strong believer, uh, I try to, uh, maybe not through so many words, but, but by encouraging them to 
to practice what they preach. Um, if the other person is not a believer, at least the one who is can be available to uh, make room for the other's perspective in a non-judgmental way. Uh, I think that's one of Jesus' sayings that we too easily forget when he said, judge not that you be not judged. I think he really meant it. Hmm. So we have just a couple minutes left, but uh, for the guy who may be listening who says, I really want to do better on this. I really want to do something good for myself spiritually. I want to uh, get as, I want to pay much, as much attention to this as I do my own physical development, for example. Where would you tell him to start? What are some um, simple things he could do? Oh, the, the easiest thing a man could do is uh, not, not go home to his wife and say, let's talk, but read a book. Uh, there's some really good books in the market now. John Gottman's work, The Seven Principles of Making Marriage Work, is a very readable uh, piece of work, well-researched, and men really enjoy it because he speaks their language, the language of facts and research and truth and what really works. If men can, can become reflective on what they're doing to contribute negatively to the development of their marriages, they can also begin to look at what they can change. Hmm. And men tend to change better if they're not being confronted. Yeah, so, so uh, just calling them on their game is not going to do it. They need to maybe have a, a golden route to go. <laughs> That's right. They need to have a, a safe way to be contemplative. Yeah, don't we all? Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, thanks for your time. We've been talking to Dr. John Rowe, licensed family counselor, about the subject of spirituality particularly in men and also in couples. Listen again, we'll be talking about uh, specific problems related to men in counseling in our next interview. I'm Jerry Hancock for Men in Balance.